Hello and welcome to Coffee with a Shot of Cynicism, the Gilmore Girls podcast. I'm Jeffrey. I'm Eleni. And this week we are discussing a pretty significant episode, episode 13 of season five, Wedding Bell Blues, an episode title that I do know off the top of my head regardless because it's quite um, a significant episode, as I said, right? Yeah, definitely. It's the 100th Gilmore Girl episode that ever aired. Right. So that made sense. They saved the they said they saved a punch for the 100th episode. Well, you need something for your 100th episode because 100 episodes in network television back then really signified something big. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you could make it to 100 episodes, it was like you'd made it kind of thing, you know? Yeah. So um, I don't know if this just coincided, like the storyline. I don't know if the writers got together before season five even started and were like, we need something big for our first episode. So they timed it that way. But it was definitely a very big episode. I think Uh, most times, at least in my experience of watching like network TV shows from this era is that like season five, like generally they would, they would reach 100 in season five. So it was like easy to plan out ahead of time. Like, what do we want happening for the 100th episode? So they probably knew ahead of time, like, okay, we're going to do a vow renewal. Like Emily and Richard will have gotten back together. And then there will be some kind of showdown or big event at said vow renewal. Yeah. Well, one thing about um, network television back then is that you pretty much knew how many episodes you were picked up for. Um, And you pretty much knew it was usually 22 or 21. And so mm-hmm. it was easier to plan, obviously. Um, yeah. Because once you get the nod for season five, you're like, okay, our 100th episode is coming up now and this is what we're going to do. So, mm-hmm. I mean, it makes sense that they wanted to do something big. Um, right. And I think they accomplished it for sure. Yeah. And I was reading some st- statistics, excuse me, <laughs> before we started <laughs> recording. And um, this episode actually broke records for Gilmore Girls. Um, it was the highest, excuse me. I'm not surprised. <laughs> yeah. Well, it was the highest viewed episode since 2002 when it aired. So this one aired uh, in 2005. So that's it. It reached new heights with certain demographics. So you know how they do women and men 18 to 25 or 18 to whatever. And then, um, yeah. the Nielsen ratings and all that shit. So, uh, it broke records in new demographics. Uh, at the time that it aired, it was the fifth most watched show for women aged 18 to 39. Probably only looked up the statistics for this episode. I mean, I'd be interested to know at that time in 2005 what the number one show watched by women was. <laughs> yeah, I mean, what was playing in 2005? I'd have to, I mean, I mean, you're going to get mad at me because I'm biased, but I'm inclined to say it might have been Desperate Housewives. because I was, was I was actually going to say that. Yeah, I, I don't think it, it was its first season and it was super so yeah I don't think that's surprising at all I mean if somebody told me if somebody came to me with proof that it was that I would not be surprised um I don't know maybe The Office Mm, wasn't like The Office was kind of a sleeper hit wasn't it yeah but mm, I don't know it's just I think it just I think it just started in 2005 too so uh yeah it started late 2005 I don't know to be honest with you I don't know what else like I'd say like either Desperate Housewives or maybe ER. I'm maybe mm-hmm. not because ER was already in like its later seasons. Yeah, um, ER was wrapping up, no? Yeah, I would have been like in season 11. So yeah, 
I guess it would be either probably Desperate Housewives. I'd say I mean, definitely the next year would be Grey's Anatomy. So yeah. Also, the next year the really big hit was um, Friday Night Lights. Yes, I was. That was big, like for a hot moment, and then it just went. You know what's like, crazy about that show? Because I'm rewatching it now. <laughs> but are you? I, I you know that I tried watching it last year, and I like it was making me depressed. I couldn't get. Yeah, I couldn't it's go not forward. honestly. It's not the best show when you're you want to pick me up, but uh, <laughs> uh, I don't know. Uh, oh, Grey's Anatomy premiered in 2005. Yeah, I was like March 2005. So. Yeah, it was late in 2005. I remember. But yeah, I don't know what else it would have been. We will get back to you. <laughs> I don't remember television at the time. Maybe the OC. No. Oh my god. That was like very low rating. That's why it was canceled after season. No, uh... excuse you. Season two had record-breaking uh freaking numbers. Uh-huh. And it was canceled in what year? <laughs> oh, 2007. Oh, really? Yeah. Maybe. I don't know. <laughs> it lasted four seasons. But in 2005, okay. it was like the height of freaking, uh, what's it called? Also, One Tree Hill. I'm going to Google it, okay? You keep, you, you entertain them while I Google it. <laughs> All right. Well, I know One Tree, uh, I know One Tree Hill was big that, back then, too. What year did One Tree Hill start? 2004, I think? 2003. Yeah. I think. But yeah, it wouldn't surprise me if, like, because 18 to 29, or was it 18 to 39? Whatever, 18 to 29, let's say. You're into that whole, you know, yeah, teen drama. <laughs> okay. So, oh wait. So let's see. This so there's Wikipedia pages for top rated United States television programs. So this is to it gave me 2005, 2006. So we need 2004, 2005 because this episode of Gilmore Girls would have aired in that season. Yeah, and 2004, 2005 OC was really big. It was season two. It was crazy. That finale was insane. Okay, well, I've never seen the OC, so... Well, your your problem, okay? Don't rain on my fucking parade if you haven't seen oh, the OC. My cousins were obsessed with it. Everyone was obsessed with it. Your cousins aren't special. Yeah, oh my god, Jesus. God. Okay, so... Um, I don't know necessarily about women. I don't know the nitty-gritties of it, but according to Wikipedia, that's the number one show in the United States in the 2004-2005 television season was CSI. Oh God, that doesn't surprise me at all. Um, followed by American Idol. Ugh. Desperate Housewives was number four, so I'm gonna say with the top was most likely for women. Desperate Housewives. Yeah, Desperate Housewives, uh, American Idol. Yeah, and then Probably. we have CSI Miami, Without a Trace, Survivor, Grey's Anatomy was number eight, and it was only on for nine episodes that season. So that's yeah, it had a really it. really short run the first season. Everybody else, Raymond was still in the top, even though that was its last season. That's Jeez. crazy to me. <laughs> and ER was twelve, so was still still in the running. Yeah. I would be, yeah, I would say it was I would probably Desperate Housewives. Lost was also on the list, but fuck Lost. Lost was in its first season, and that was a train wreck. <laughs> fuck Lost. Yeah. Anyways, I'll say one hundredth episode did really really well. Okay, we went down this rabbit hole for nothing. <laughs> You know, okay, but you want to know what the what the very the the very bottom of the list is? Oh God, what is it? <laughs> oh, little to the bottom two are judging Amy. Oh, the West Wing because the West Wing oh. was end. Like, the West Wing would have been in its second to last season. So that's another show that it, went downhill fast. 
Yeah, my mom loved that show, but it was a I good think it's, show. Sadly, I think it's dated now. The way the the way the United States went. <laughs> well, and I mean, but, the West Wing started in 1999, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. So it had a good run. Yeah, a lot of people I know, like where we were were rewatching the West Wing over the beginning of the pandemic when a certain president was handling the country so badly that they needed some nostalgia for like a show where the country was fictionally uh, administered so well. So mm. I know the West Wing holds a special place in a lot of people's television hearts. Well, anyway, back to Gilmore Girls. <laughs> back to Gilmore Girls. It's the 100th episode, ladies and gentlemen. It's Emily and Richard renewing their vows. Um, so I think this episode is... Number one, I think it's really, really good. Um, yeah. Would you say it's one of the best of the series? Yes. Okay. I was going to say, if it's if it's not one of the best, in your opinion, it's definitely like one of the most significant standouts. I think it's definitely top five. Okay. I think from a writing perspective, it's really sharp. Yeah. There isn't a moment without like quick wit and a joke. Yeah. Um, it's like quintessential Lorelai Gilmore acting silly and goofy and everything it's Mm -hmm. um like Emily and Richard's love reigniting and they were the only really stable couple in the show yeah Um, it has great moments with Emily and Lorelai finally getting along before it all comes crashing down oh so brief (laughs) oh so brief but also really really well done and I think it's a really it shows it's very smart in that it shows Emily interacting in Lorelai's world and being mm-hmm. actually fun. Yeah. And then switching it and going back to her world and being a hard ass again. And um, just what that says about their different worlds and um, I guess classism in the show in general. Yeah. It's all because, really well put together. Yeah. There's so, there's so few moments where both Lorelai and Emily like, open themselves up to allow each other into their worlds and Mm -hmm. in this case it's more so like there's even fewer cases where emily like lets herself into the stars hollow click and i think a lot of alcohol helped this time around yeah but uh, even before i feel like even before she was like i'm going to my daughter's house and we're gonna have a bachelorette party and i'm gonna use this dress as an excuse whatever yeah okay well there's i have a lot i have a lot to ask about that but okay um (laughs) Shall we start? I think we should start chronologically because there's a lot to get to in this episode. Yeah, for sure. So um, I too would have found something to buy in a boating catalog. What do you think? Probably. I love catalogs too. Yeah. I was like, it's not, it would not be unheard of for me, like as a kid to be flipping through like one of my dad's catalogs of tool parts or something construction related. And yeah. I'm not going to say I would find something that I was interested in, but I find something that like, oh, that looks interesting. What's that? Like Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not even about being interested in the thing. I'm of a certain age mm-hmm. where um catalogs were really big around Christmas time and they would send them to you. Um now everything is digital. Like I remember I have fond, I have fond memories of the Sears wish book. <clears throat> Excuse me. So that's what I was going to say. The Sears catalog that used to come uh, we also used to get the Toys R Us catalog. Yes. Um, the Canadian Tire one for our Canadian friends. Yeah. If you don't know what Canadian Tire is, it's a store where you can buy everything and yet nothing. <laughs> so true. It's it's funny because 
my mom bought my my parents got this new vacuum a few years ago for Christmas and my mom had to like go through this whole thing with the company for the vacuum because it was defective and so when she was talking to the company in Georgia they were like okay so why don't you go back to your Canadian tire and see if they have a record of your purchase like they had no idea what the hell Canadian tire was no of course not it's like a department store you want tires they have it but they also have cleaning products and sports equipment and uh camping gear and christmas stuff yeah it's kind it's it's kind of like take not even i was gonna say walmart but no no it's not like walmart it's like the home depot but gear it more around the i don't even know how to just i don't even know (laughs) you just have to you would have to just you you would have to be canadian to know to know yeah (laughs) it's just look it up it's really fun but uh, (laughs) Yeah, so I we would get that one. And then the big one for me was always um, the Ikea catalog that used to come. You can't mm-hmm. get that one anymore. I um, think it still exists in the it store. It still exists, little- but you have to go to the store. And it's available digitally, obviously. But I used to love mm-hmm. flipping through that Ikea catalog and dreaming of one day having my own apartment. And now that I have my own apartment, I fucking hate myself for glamorizing <laughs> it. So yeah. <laughs> But oh, especially uh, since Ikea furniture and accessories come in a thousand pieces. In yeah, but you know what? Stuff. I'm so good at putting shit together from Ikea. I know you are. <laughs> I know. I'm the best. Uh, but anyways, I used to love freaking catalogs. And yes, like you, I could find anything in a catalog. Anything. Yeah, yeah um, it's I miss this. You, I mean, I miss the Sears wish book because my mom and I used to like we used to flip through it, obviously, at Christmas, but it was yeah. funny because it would it would arrive in August. Yeah, I know. It's crazy. And then we'd probably get like two other copies of it just either in like, you know, through circulars or what or whatever. We'd end up with like three different copies of the Sears wish book. Yeah, it's back when we didn't give a fuck about the environment. We just used to print 8,000 copies yeah. of it. And now to think like Sears doesn't even exist anymore. I know. <laughs> it's so sad. But yeah, I, I remember that. And I think it was just nostalgic for me too, because I used to love getting, um, you know, like Scholastics catalogs at school. Oh my gosh, yes. <laughs> okay, so that was like a big day for me when the teacher used to walk in with Scholastic shit. Um, yeah, I actually ordered from Scholastic right up until grade eight. Yeah, so? <laughs> Um, no, it's funny because a lot of people like only remember it from elementary school. And my one of my English teachers in like, early well for uh, for everyone else we'll call it middle school because i'm not explaining our school system here yeah um up until like grade seven and grade eight i had english teachers who still order from from scholastic but it's funny because everyone else who usually has fond childhood memories of scholastic catalogs it was an elementary school thing but i i got lucky and i got it to the to the very bitter end (laughs) trust me i would have done it if i had the option but uh i went to a french school so we no longer had scholastic when i got to high school um or middle school whatever but yeah up until mm-hmm. sixth grade I was like her best customer my teacher you know absolutely yeah and you know after you place your order and like every time you see that teacher again you're just like is it here is it here yeah oh my god I love that shit <laughs> yeah so I can uh, definitely relate to Lorelai finding something in a catalog absolutely um so Luke is ordering stuff for his boat because he's gotten over the whole Lorelai stealing his boat and putting it in her garage and he has now decided to go full steam ahead with ha <laughs> pun uh, <sorry. laughs> 
um, with uh, building the boat or refurbishing the boat or whatever the fuck it is. Um, mm. And he's doing so in her garage when Emily arrives. I hate uh, how in this in this episode and, and in general, like they managed to make look 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 Luke 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 look so stupid and dumb in front of like Richard and Emily. I, it's it's just it, think- it, it irritates. Yeah, no, I know what you're saying, but I think that's done on purpose because it's not dumb. Like he's not nothing he's doing or saying is dumb. Mm. It's just their opinion of him, right? Yeah. So like I also would get dressed beforehand if nobody told me, right? Or I also don't know that I have to tell the bride best wishes and congratulate the groom. Who the fuck knows that? You know, Ugh, Emily Gilmore, apparently. Well, yeah, it's, but that's what I'm saying. It's written in a way that, like, these are things that only Emily and Richard would give a fuck about. And so yeah. it's meant to, like, kind of show us their opinion of him. My opinion of him as a viewer doesn't change. No. You know, because nothing he's saying is particularly stupid or dumb. So, no, but what, what bothers me the most about it is kind of how Lorelai and Rory don't really stand up for him in those moments. Yeah, I mean, I get that too. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know the the. I definitely get it with Lorelai because I think she should be, um, the one to step in. I don't think it's Rory's responsibility. Um, no. So I think, yeah, I have a problem with her not stepping in either. But I think she's also just having flashbacks to that time that they had dinner, and he was like, "I can handle That's it." Too. If you if you remember. I was also angry and upset. With I that do dinner. remember. <laughs> because at the same time, like, Lola is just sitting there like, oh, I'm sorry. Like, there's, there's, like, I told you, I warned you. It's like, no, why don't you fucking stand up to your mother and tell her, stop talking to my boyfriend this way? Because then, yeah. of course, Emily would pull the old, I'm not doing anything. What's your problem? Like, but everyone knows she, what Emily is doing, you know? Yeah, no, I get it completely. And I think the, when she walks up to him and he's, working on the boat, sanding the boat, whatever. I hate how cruel she is with him too. And like how cold and she's not even trying to hide her facial expressions at that point. Does it float? Um, like, does it float? Like, fight me. Yeah. Um, no, I get it. But I think it's not surprising based on what we saw last week with her going to Christopher, right? Um, yeah. It's not surprising after everything we've seen, like the plotting with Richard. It sucks, mm-hmm. but it's not surprising. No, uh, like you could you could see the writing on the wall. It's just it, it's annoying and disheartening to see a character, obviously that most viewers love very much, to kind of be degraded openly like that. And I think yeah. it bothers me the most. Yeah. Because it's like Lorelai is in a position, at least until the end of the episode. Obviously, Lorelai is in a position where she's like just accepted. Like that's her parents are she's can't change them she hates it whatever and it's kind of shitty to bring someone new such as luke in this scenario into that like cycle of dysfunction if that mm-hmm. makes sense like it's you've given obviously you've given up on trying to change your mother that's fine that's one thing but it's quite another to just sit there and not like and just let your mother your your father whoever in your family just tear apart your new partner because that's just what they do like i'm sorry no if my yeah. parents ever did that to someone who i brought home 
I would absolutely like in the moment say something. <laughs> yeah, I think though that from Lorelai's point of view, it's tough because obviously I completely agree with you. I, I would also speak up for whoever it is I brought home mm-hmm. um, because you expect, you know, your parents to treat people with respect and whatnot. But I think from Lorelai's point of view, it's also just maybe she's hopeful that her parents will see how happy she is and not act the fool. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah. Cause I don't think that's too much to ask of your parents to treat the person you love with respect, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think maybe that's naive of her to think um, since, you know, she's always going on about how she knows her mother very well, mm-hmm. but you know, you're still, you're still hopeful. I think. You know, you never you never think your parents are going to want to take your happiness away from you, I guess is what I'm trying to say. Yeah. So Laurel, I, yeah, Lorelai has definitely put up like a facade of, hey, look, I'm with Luke. Isn't that great? And she's I think she's silently hoping and praying that her parents will see what she feels. And um, it's just like Charlie. It's just like Charlie Brown and the football. Yeah. But I mean, I don't think it's out of the question for Lorelai to think that her parents wouldn't care mm-hmm. because they've never really cared who she's dated in the past, you know? No. Um. Yeah. Okay. Sure. They cared when it was Jason and it didn't look good, but hmm. not really. They never really interfered. No. Um, she was getting ready to marry Max and they knew nothing about him, you know? So maybe it is a little bit of naivete on her part too, just treating this like any other relationship, but that's why I think it scares them so much too. Because it's not just any other relationship. They can tell that she's really, really serious about them. Mm-hmm. So maybe there is something to be said for Emily knowing her daughter very well. Because she was never really concerned in the past, but she is now. Yeah, no, there's so, definitely, Emily definitely can tell. And I think it's, I would disagree necessarily about the naivete because Emily, as far back as season one, could see the connection that Lorelai and Luke had. Yeah, but Lorelai was never really good at admitting that to anyone, especially herself. No, but I, so I think because Emily knew how long they kind of had this connection and all, all and fine, like all of a sudden, finally they're together. I think she could just tell it was a man that Lorelai was passionate about. So I think she does, Emily does know her daughter, but instead of like nurturing and loving the new relationship her daughter has, she's like, oh, no, not on my watch. And she goes, and she's like, I'm going to go and get the guy who my daughter should be with. Yeah. Well, how'd that work out, Emily? Badly. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. I think um, I definitely think things are going so well in this episode. Mm-hmm. You know, like she's getting along with her mother. Her mother's actually compliments her in front of Gypsy and Miss Patty and Babette and everything. Yeah. I think as a child, no matter how old you are, you never think that your parents want anything but the best for you. Right. So as much as she knows her mother and it's a pattern and blah, blah, blah. You know, this is my mother's world, whatever. Like, I don't think she's thinking in that moment, like, my mother's going to try and break me and Luke up, you know? Yeah. Um, And by the way, you can see it on her face at the end when Christopher's talking. She's just as shocked as Luke is. Yeah. Um, And you could really see the hurt in her eyes at the end where she's telling Emily we're done. Mm -hmm. Because they had been getting along. I think all throughout season five, they were actually really getting along. Um. They got to spend some more time together without Richard. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that was good for their relationship. 
and you know you can tell she's hurt i think she's hurt because emily hurt her for lack of no, a better for sure you know, but i mean it's not a matter of like they both have reason to be upset like no emily is the is the one who hurt lorelei you know it's not a matter of we, we, we both said things no 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 this is all on emily i'm 100 in agreement with you there yeah but i just think it's of course you, it hurts so much more when your parents hurt you doesn't it absolutely <laughs> like when you have a fight with your parents isn't it and they're not they're just not getting it mm. isn't it 10 times worse than when you just have a fight with your friend or something Listen, how many times have I texted you after having some kind of extremely blo big blowout with my mother? <laughs> and ditto with me and my mother. So, yeah. you know, we both know how this goes. It's so hurtful when you, they're just not getting it. You yeah, know? Really. Um, no matter how many, like, how hard you're trying to explain it to them. So, you know, I think, but I think part of Lorelai is also mad at herself. Oh, for sure. You can see that too. Like, in the way she crosses her arm and she says, like, yeah, and the way she's very standoffish, but I think we're going to see it more in the next episode, mm -hmm. but I think she's also just really upset with herself for, I don't want to say letting her guard down, but essentially that's what it is. It's letting her guard down. But for the whole day, for this special occasion for her parents, like yeah. she was there, she was present, she was willing to be a part of this, this spectacle and yeah. to have it, like it's a huge slap in the face of, oh, right, my parents are pieces of shit sometimes you know yeah I think it's different when you know she always reminds us she knows my parents are this my parents are that but it's different when you're reminded so blatantly mm -hmm. <laughs> like so explicitly like oh that's why <laughs> you know yeah. so um yeah I definitely think and again like I said this is something that you're going to see more in the next episode like the fallout from this yeah but she's definitely mad at herself as well really upset with herself and I think really disappointed in the fact that yes she let her guard down but also she that she was the reason Luke was so hurt also exactly like she feels that she opened him up to be hurt by her family and that's all her fault which is shitty because you should be able to as an adult say to your partner like hey my parents are having their vow renewal I want you to come with me I want to dance with you I want to show you off blah 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 and then you're like oh this is why I don't take you anywhere yeah <laughs> you know um so yeah we're gonna talk about that more next episode but I think it's it's really hard for her right now to to make sense of her feelings yeah um, because especially since and I want to touch on this now especially since she heard him first at the vow renewal before anything else went down she decided the best place to tell him about going to Christopher's and drinking tequila all night long was at the wedding. Was at the wedding right before he said hi. Pretty much. <laughs> like, don't tell me you weren't hiding it, sister. <laughs> no, it was one thing to be, it was one thing when they had lunch and she was so scared of telling him. For but her she own. told him. She told him, whereas this, this was different. This was a late night drinking sesh because, he, oh, his dad died. Okay, I think it might have been a little bit more than that. <laughs> but, so even if it wasn't anything more than that, Mm -hmm. and she just went over because his dad died when i say more than that i mean like not necessarily not meaning sexual i mean more no no no. but more than I... that in like the sense of luke thinking it's more than that yeah because you grab him and turn him away from christopher 
What is he supposed to think when then you just blurt it out and there's Christopher? Obviously, mm. he's thinking like she's only telling me now because he's here. Yeah. She wouldn't have told me otherwise. Exactly. And that doesn't do great things for a relationship. Sorry. Nope. No, they're, they're both it. Like, they're throughout the whole last three seasons of the show, they're both, both of them are just, it's tit for tat. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I know, like, we've touched on this before, but, and we've said it before a lot, but Luke, Luke really has a problem communicating. I think it's really, we don't call Lorelai out enough. For also having a problem communicating. No, they're both like we've said a common theme throughout all the couples on Game of Thrones is their communication skills are shit. Yeah, and I oh. think that I think that why that gets lost so much is because we think that just because she talks a lot, she's actually saying something of substance, but oh, she's yeah. not. <laughs> Isn't there a quote from the movie Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind where it's like constantly talking isn't necessarily communicating? Okay, sure. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. I could be misquoting. Um, <laughs> you love that movie. You'll probably know better than me. Um, but that, that's a screen cap from that movie that generally goes around on social media a lot because people like to incessantly, you know, natter on social media. And sometimes it's not any of, at all of substance. So um, in this case, movie. <laughs> in this case, Lorelai con- constantly talking all the time doesn't necessarily mean she's communicating. Yeah, no, she's not. Most of the time, her mouth is moving so that she can avoid communicating. Mm -hmm. You know, she's making jokes. She's, you know, avoiding the situation. But yeah, I think, you know, as so in that moment when she tells him and then Mm -hmm. later when they're at the table and he's kind of grumpy Mm -hmm. and she she finally gets him to like dance with her. Let's say the stuff with Christopher afterwards hadn't happened. Mm-hmm. I still think they would have been in trouble. Yeah, there would have that would have been they could have brushed it under the rug, but it would have come out differently later. Like it would, you know, could, they could have just not not spoken about it again, and then the next time there was a hiccup, it would have their anger would have just escalated. Yeah, for sure. I mean, mm-hmm. it it never works when you brush mm-hmm. things under the rug like that, and I think. She's also really mad at herself. Number one, I think she knows it's not the time and the place mm-hmm. to get into it. Um, yeah. But it's also just her style to kind of make jokes. So she's like, I will dance just as spazzy as you are. You know? Yeah. And at the, at the same time, now that I think about it, because you always plant the seed in my head when we, when we talk about so much. <laughs> Like, what is Luke supposed to think in terms of, Lorelai all of a sudden out of the blue says oh yeah his dad died I went over we drank tequila got drunk and I was there all night so a what's he what's what's he supposed to do with that information and then everything that happens with Christopher's drunken outburst later on like no wonder he ran like that would just make me feel so shitty and like you know fuck both of you like hope you're happy together yeah even I think even though Lorelai's even though Lorelai's reaction was telling that obviously she doesn't you know, he's like, I don't know what I don't know what he's talking about, but you know, yeah, but I, I think I his only... re- his reaction is more about the fact that so I think obviously he knows she didn't know that Emily set this up. Because I think mm. anyone looking at her face can tell that she was just as surprised as everyone. Yeah. But I think that on top of the fact that she told him about the the night that she went over. Hmm. for him it's like she's not innocent like even though she didn't do this okay fine this is ridiculous but she did other stuff 
Yeah. You know? Um, but I also like put yourself in his shoes for a minute. Yeah. Like imagine you go somewhere with your partner and their ex shows up and starts telling you we belong together. <laughs> I would also hightail it out of there. Yeah. I don't know if that and makes I- me a bad person. But no, sorry, bye. <laughs> It might come across as like non-confrontational, but in that moment, and like, I'm not putting myself in a situation like this where I can be hurt even more. Like Luke was clearly hurt by Lorelai's sudden revelation of that, you know, he they they got drunk on, on tequila together one time and he didn't know about it. So to then hear all this drunken babbling about how they, how they belong together and everyone knows it, like, I'd be like, you know what, I'm, no. I, I like I know my I don't know so I'm not gonna say this is Luke's perspective but if it were me I'd be like I know and respect my own worth too much to put myself in this situation yeah and I think in that moment it's like they clearly have things to talk about mm-hmm. like I'm not sitting here to just be yelled at and told that I'm worthless and it's self-preservation at that point you know exactly, like yeah, I don't right. need to sit here after being you know, don't forget too, it's a pileup. So like it's Emily making him feel like an idiot the night before. It's mm-hmm. showing up and then being like, don't be ridiculous, Richard. He's not wearing the wrinkly pants to the ceremony. It's, you know, not knowing any of her family and then mm-hmm. having this reminder that Christopher has been in her life for way longer, you know, than anyone and knows her really well. It's a pileup. And sorry, I would have reached my breaking point too. <laughs> Absolutely. I can't even, and I wouldn't even put myself, like I said, in that situation. I would just, (laughs) my fight or flight instinct would kick in very quickly. Oh yeah, me too. That's why we have anxiety. Okay. Absolutely. Before we go any further, um, we have to talk about cop rock. Yeah, let's do that. (laughs) Um, Because all I wrote my notes was just cop rock because I just wanted to, to touch on it. And I'm pretty sure the first time that I watched season five, I looked up what Cop Rock was because I had no idea. Mm-hmm. And um, it's definitely one of the mo- one of the more, uh, maybe not, there's definitely some more obscure pop culture references than this one, but it's definitely obscure in the sense like it's not like a pop culture touchstone necessarily. Like it's very niche and it's the fact that Lorelai is referencing it in 2005 is like you know what I mean it's 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 very out there and it's very on brand for Gilmore Girls's niche approach to pop culture references yeah um so for those who don't know because I looked it up (laughs) again just to refresh my memory so um well according to the season five Gilmoreisms um Cop Rock is was a short-lived 90s tv series following police stories told in Broadway musical format what could go wrong I think that tells you everything you need to know about Cop Rock. So um, it also tells you everything you need to know about why it was canceled after 11 episodes. Exactly. So (laughs) it aired on ABC in the year 1990. Uh, It was exactly like she said, it was canceled after 11 episodes. Aired from September to December. And then the network said, ciao. Um, One interesting tidbit I did find just looking over... um, the internet about it about it now was um there was a Gilmore girl star who was a recurring cast member on cop on cop rock can you guess oh, who it was assuming you know. assuming you know or don't know oh, um, i don't know 
So <laughs> one of the recurring cast members on Cop Rock was Kathleen Will Ho- Will Hoyt. I'm not sure how to pronounce it. Oh, well, Liz. Yeah, she played Liz. Um, and she was in a lot of 90s TV shows and uh, mo- not so much movies, but she was in a lot of 90s and 2000s TV shows. So it doesn't surprise me that she was in that. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I was like scrolling through it. I'm like, oh, Kathleen, interesting. She's been everywhere. But um, yeah, so any, but I find that Cop Rock in general for 2005 was a very niche reference, considering that even in in the mid 2000s, a lot of TV shows had been released on DVD from decades past. So it was easy. It was easy to familiarize yourself with older shows, even if you weren't alive yet, even if you know you hadn't seen it in a while. Like it was all kind of coming back into relevance because they were on DVD. But Cop Rock was only released in on DVD as a complete series set in 2016. <laughs> so Lorelai was not lying when she said she had those on tape. She like had them recorded from their original broadcast. So, just as an aside, you can watch the first episode on YouTube if you want. But <laughs> the, the funniest part about this is that it's definitely mm-hmm. a show that they would wa- that the Gilmore Girls would watch to mock, and like you know, one of those shows that's so bad it's good. Yeah, it's like it's like them and the and the Brady Bunch variety hour exactly. And mm-hmm. I've said this before, and Jeffrey always laughs, but. Great show to get high and watch. Oh my god, you said that with everything. Like what? Everything. You're like, we should get high and watch the the Kelly and Justin movie. We should do that. We, you said we should get high and watch any number of things that are bad. No, so I said it about the Kelly and Justin movie, and then I also said it about those movies, the after series. Oh yeah. Because they're so fucking bad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah no um it's great so if you want to hear a bunch of actors um singing show tunes about murder <laughs> and like evidence and well, allies cop rock yeah so according to wikipedia however um even though cop rock was a critical and commercial failure mm. <laughs> um, you don't uh, say yeah but it, it actually so it was infamous at the time was considered one of the biggest television failures of the 1990s uh, TV Guy magazine ranked it number eight on its list of the 50 worst TV shows of all time um, and dubbed it the single most bizarre TV musical of all time. It's con- I'm not going to say it's become necessarily a cult favorite since then. No, but you know, I think I think, the, I think for Lorelai Gilmore was a cult favorite. Yeah, but there's also a certain movement. I don't know if we'll call it a movement, but when you see shows, mm-hmm. when you see lists like that, like top 50 worst TV shows or movies or whatever, it's want to watch them yeah it's become kind of a game to want to get into <laughs> um, why was this so bad and it's, i think mostly like for pop culture enthusiasts like you want to like this was really bad like i want to see how bad this was you know yeah because uh, you don't you don't but it's, you don't think that something could be so bad you know what i mean but this definitely yeah. is same thing with the brady bunch variety would, hour like same well, that's a different level of bad <laughs> No, I know, but th- there's a reason why I think we were attracted to these bad things and we want to watch them, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. But it's just, it's one of those things that you're just like, I need to see what all the fuss is about. How could a television show be this bad? And then you... Exactly. Yeah. Um. By the way, I... because we're talking about fifth worst TV shows, 50th worst TV shows, <laughs> uh 50 yeah. i don't know why i'm saying 50th uh 
Do you know what other show made that list? Um, no, please tell me. <laughs> it's an Amy Sherman Palladino show. Oh, is it the one? Is it bun, not Bunheads? Is it the one that? Oh, what's it, what? I don't know what it was called. Uh, just tell me because I don't remember what it was called. <laughs> yeah, it's called The Return of Jezebel James. Yes. <laughs> so that show was canceled after three episodes. Um, like, come Poor on, even, even Pop Rock <laughs> made it to 11. But um, yeah, yeah, it was the first show after Gilmore Girls, essentially. It started in 2008. Um, and it's mm. about uh, a girl who wants to have a baby and asks her sister... <sighs> her irresponsible sister to be the surrogate because she can't have the baby. But yeah. Sounds very, watching- sounds very, sounds very 2008. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I remember watching the first episodes and I liked it, but um, maybe I was just starved for some Amy Sherman Palladino. Uh, maybe yeah, I thought it was going to be bias. like the second coming of Gilmore girls, but uh, oh, no. <laughs> yeah, it's number 41 on the list of, 51 worst episodes uh worst television shows excuse me yeah one last thing about cop rock interestingly enough is that despite you know such an overwhelmingly negative response at the time and in retrospect um it's considered to have contributed to the musical comedy tv genre so um i think shows like crazy ex-girlfriend and Zoe's extraordinary playlist probably have Cop Rock to thank. Yeah, for... I was gonna say thank you, Cop Rock, for Zoe. Like, yeah, it's kind of it's. I mean, I'm not gonna say it's pioneered because I don't think the 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 musical TV genre is has been a, a, like incredibly successful since Cop Rock, and I'm not I'm not talking about Glee. That's a whole other story. Um, but interestingly enough, even though it was only aired for eleven episodes, was canceled, was completely panned by uh critics and audiences alike it still received five emmy award nominations <laughs> Hilarious. Yeah, mostly for sound mixing directing no shit music editing music and lyrics it, oh it won two of them so it was nominated for five and it won two congratulations it won for editing and achievement in music and lyrics honestly if you win an emmy for editing did you really win an emmy i don't know but you I know. No, no, no. Let me rephrase that. I know the person. I know the person won an Emmy because there's a lot of hard work that goes into editing. I get that, but like, mm-hmm. same thing with the Oscars. Like, oh, it won an Oscar for editing, and you're like, okay, but is the story good? Yeah. Anyways, that's just my thought. Hard to say. But please, before I move on, because I feel like we already spent too much time on cop rock. Please try and guess which famous musician received the Emmy award for. Outstanding Achievement in Music and Lyrics for Cop Rock. Oh, I don't know. Why? <laughs> is it somebody I know? You pro- Well, I'm assuming you know the name. Your clue is um, he wrote the theme song for Toy Story. Oh, my God. Randy Newman? Yes. <laughs> <gasps> Randy, no. Yeah. It's, uh... Oh, Randy. <laughs> fun fact the more you know <laughs> oh randy i feel secondhand embarrassment for you now and that's everything you, you didn't need to know about cop rock god that's terrible moving on <laughs> moving on uh let's talk about rory okay <laughs> okay okay <laughs> okay 
let's talk about Rory and her um obsession with Logan. Obsession? No, it's not an obsession. Um, it's a dedicated interest. <laughs> okay, I like that. Um, so as we said last episode, it's very clear that Rory's finally acknowledging her feelings for Logan. Mm-hmm. Um, so this is the episode where they finally. I don't know if get together is the word. Um, That's where they finally face their feelings for each other. Yeah. I mean, in traditional, you know, when you're watching a television show and you're like, I want these characters to get together so badly and then they actually get together. Mm. This is not that. (laughs) No. Because um, there's some ground rules, I guess. Yeah. Is that the way to put it? Like... Maybe not ground rules necessarily, but some kind of common expectation. And that was not met in this case. Yeah, well, that we'll talk about later. But so let's 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 rewind a little bit. The the way that the Logan conversation comes up mm-hmm. is Lorelai grabs Emily's seating chart and Rory sees Logan's name in her seating chart, right? Yeah. I want to ask you a question. Okay. What the fuck is the reason that Logan Huntsberger would be going to Emily and Richard's vow renewal other than the fact that he likes Rory? Oh, I thought I thought you were going to ask, like, why was he invited? I'm like, well, because... Yeah, why would he... No, invite it? Listen, the, the thing about weddings mm-hmm. is that you send an invitation, you send Mr. and Mrs. Mitchum Huntsberger and family. Yeah. And then the person writes, like, whatever, you know? Mm-hmm. We're going to be four, let's say. Um... So that I don't think is much of an issue. The issue that I have is why would he accept if not for the fact that he wanted to see Rory? Oh, no, absolutely. The whole reason he went was to see Rory. Yeah. And then he brought a date. Did you not see that look that he gave her during the ceremony? Every single time I watch this episode, I want to punt him across the room. The look he gave who? Rory. When when she was standing up at the... I don't think he was looking at her. He was. I don't think he was. In my head, he was. <laughs> I, I think he was really ignoring her. He was doing that cool, like, macho thing of, like, I'm going to ignore her. Oh. Because you know her. Why wouldn't you go up to her and say, hey? Because he's in full dickhead mode. Yeah, well, that I agree with in this episode. Like, I think he went knowing full well he would get to see her. He mm-hmm. brought a date because he was like, oh, it'll drive her crazy. Exactly. But, but then that drives me crazy because I'm like, why are you playing games? Because yeah. then two seconds later, you tell her, like, we can't, I've thought about asking you out, but I'm not. But then you brought a girl to make her jealous? Oh, boy. <laughs> That's all you have to say? Pretty much. <laughs> oh, my God. So the part for me that was really hilarious was at the reception where she's, like, subtly trying to check in on him. Yeah. So she hides behind the cousin guy. <laughs> the guy saying... Well, if this first cousin is second removed and blah, 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 blah. I'm like, I, yeah. I, you lost me. You lost me. So when I was younger mm-hmm. and I, this first, this episode first came out. So this episode came out in 2005, which was mean that I was 13, 14, okay. 13, whatever. Um, I was always so confused about the cousin, first cousin, second cousin, third cousin once removed conversation. I'm still confused by it. Yeah, no, no, no. Meaning the reason I'm confused about it is probably a different reason why you're confused about it. Because <laughs> I'm dumb. No. It's because Greeks avoid all of that by just calling everyone their cousin and their aunt. Exactly. Oh, yeah. this is my aunt. How? Oh, you know. No one cares. It's all. She's it's all my fun. mother's ninth cousin's hairdresser's wife. 
<laughs> yeah, like, it's not a thing. Yeah, that and that you can learn by watching my big fat Greek wedding. <laughs> no, but it's true though. Like everyone, it's a sign of respect, kind of, you know. Well, no, that's nice. I find that's easier to connect with people than like everyone's all family. We're all family here. Yeah, know? like when I went to Greece for my cousin's wedding in 2014, mm-hmm. I had met some cousins that I actual cousins. Well, actual cousins, I'm saying that, but my grandmother and their grandmother are cousins. Okay. So, but that's that's my point. They're still my cousins, mm-hmm. right? And it was just like, I had met them for the first time because it was the first time I was going to my grandmother's village. The other times that I had gone to Greece, I had only gone to my dad's side of the family. Okay. So I remember like, oh, and these are like, they're telling me everyone's names and I'm they're like your cousins. And I'm like, okay. And we all just like accept the fact that we have all these fucking cousins running around in Greece. Yeah. Like, and you're like, oh, you want to go to the beach? He's going to give you a ride. He's your cousin. Who cares? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And like everyone's an aunt and an uncle. And aunt and uncle in Greek is Thea and Theo. So you just go around the village calling everyone Thea and Theo. Okay. You know, my grandmother's sister is also my grandmother. Okay. <laughs> you know, that's how we get around this shit, guys. Yeah. There's no need for removals. Yeah. You're being mean, removed from the family tree. You're my aunt. You're my uncle. <laughs> I don't know. I'm not, and I don't think of this. I don't think this about your family, obviously. But as you're describing, like, everyone knows everyone. Everyone's your aunt. Everyone's your uncle. I don't know why, but that kind of like conjures an image of like, like incest to me. <laughs> well, I mean, been, not in your family, obviously. No, no, no. But honestly, <laughs> how many times, well, you don't know, but how many times have I been talking to somebody? Hmm in Montreal and I'm like oh you're Greek yeah you're Greek what's your last name what's your last name they're like oh yeah I know you <laughs> really 100 <laughs> percent oh boy and not even maybe okay like they're not actually family but you're like oh I know you like my mom's cousin's wife married his brother you know what I mean like there's always yeah. a connection there's always a connection and I feel like that's always true with Greek people <laughs> yeah I think it- I think Italians aren't that much different yeah I mean I feel like in places where there's a big um, like community of your people. So yeah. in Montreal, there's a big Greek community um, that, that you're always going to find that. So I've never. So I remember watching this episode when it first came out and I'm like, why are these people bothering with removed <laughs> fucking cousin? Yeah, everyone's cousins. Yeah, like it was so simple to me. Why wouldn't they do it? <laughs> Join the circle of love. <laughs> oh, God. But yeah, so I've got a bunch of cousins, guys. Sounds good. <laughs> Come on. But yeah, um, she's hiding behind cousin guy to kind of check up on Logan and um, you know, he sees her, she sees him, excuse me, with the date. Mm-hmm. And I always wondered where the date went. Because presumably Logan left after he was threatened. Mm-hmm. Like, where's the date? Who knows, honestly. Like Did he grab her and go? <laughs> like, I don't get it. For all we know, he could have she could have seen them dancing and was like Oh, I'm not here for this, ciao. Or she could only stay for so long. Or we're not meant to know because we don't. No one cares about her, sadly. Yeah. No, I just think it was. I just think the whole thing is really juvenile. Like, for sure. so I can appreciate Rory's directness in this situation. Mm-hmm. So even though it came at the hands of Christopher, yeah. So fuck him. But I can appreciate the fact that she was like let's go out like you you want to ask me out do you like me like she was very direct with him in a way that i think she was trying to be in the previous episode but got shy and kind of chickened out 
Um, yeah. And I think she just realized, okay, whatever, I'm going to go for it. Right. And then he tells her like, you're a girlfriend girl. I'm, a, I'm I am I can't be in a committed relationship. Like, by the way, that's such a fuck boy response. Oh, because you're special, you're girlfriend material and I'm not boyfriend material. No, but I, so hold on. I can actually kind of see what he's saying though. Yeah, like, but it's still a fuck. It's still a fuck boy response. Oh yeah, one hundred percent. I'm the one that said it. Of course it is. <laughs> but what I'm saying, I can kind of, and I appreciate his honesty and telling her like, because it would have been so easy to just say, yeah, let's go out and they can have sex a couple of times and then him ditch her or ghost her, or whatever, you know. Mm-hmm. But I can appreciate his honesty from the start in saying that I've thought about it. Obviously, I like you. It's not all in your head, but this is why I don't think it would be a good idea. Yeah. Like, I think that's more self-awareness than any other fuckboy I've heard of. Yeah. So that I can appreciate. What I cannot appreciate <laughs> is the fact that you give her this speech about why you haven't asked her out. So clearly, like, you have your reasons. Mm-hmm. But then you still go out of your way to play mind games. Yeah. That's that's what that's what makes him a dickhead. Yeah, I agree. Really In this moment, it 100% makes him a dickhead. Like... I don't understand. You're giving her mixed signals. And then you're like, no, sorry, we can't go out. But then you're making out with her in the back room. Like, I don't get it. I think it it it, it really does display that he, he has feelings for her. It's more so just the beginning of this annoying to and fro they play for the, for the rest of season five, pretty much. And it's it's annoying and it kind of contributes to why like a lot of people have a negative opinion of Logan because this this was our introduction to him and he does grow and they do have a lot of good moments together as a couple but I can see where, I can see where, where people are coming from when this, when this is this is how we got to know Logan you know he was a dickhead so I get first impressions mean a lot for characters but this isn't our first impression of him well he was a dickhead in, in the beginning of the season too yeah but you can't deny the chemistry is there obviously but he's still a dickhead (laughs) (laughs) yeah no i don't like him in this episode i think um i don't know i think he's playing games from like i think as much as he's being honest with her he's still playing games and that's what i don't like about him in this episode yeah exactly and sadly we get to see them making out but i think sadly (laughs) (laughs) i think for i think if it had gone any further i don't think they would have like had sex on the floor or anything no or- i don't think listen i don't think she's that kind of girl either but um i think i don't know this newfound confidence that she has mm-hmm. that's what i want to talk about like fuck him for a second <laughs> what about her not that <laughs> like in terms of her newfound confidence and you know she's talking to him about i just got out of a relationship i did that i don't want that mm-hmm. I don't think a lot of people say that she had to convince herself. I don't think she had to convince herself. I think that's actually how she felt in that moment. Oh, for sure. Like Roy wouldn't have done that if that's not how she felt. Yeah. No, I'm not talking about like actually making the first move and kissing her, kissing him. What do you mean? I'm talking about like, you know, she's telling him, he tells her you're a girlfriend girl. Like you need commitment and blah, blah, blah. And she's like, no, I don't. I literally just did that. And I don't want that. A lot of people in the fandom think like, oh, this is Rory trying to convince herself that she doesn't need a relationship because she just wants to be with Logan. Um, I mean, I, I, think she, I think she is a relationship person. So. Yes, but I don't think like she has to, in this moment, I don't think like it's a lie when she says, I don't want that. Because I think 
she just got out of this relationship with Dean that she thought was gonna last let's be honest she really thought like she broke up a marriage and they were gonna be it and I think in this moment she's like fuck it relationships obviously haven't been working for me yeah and this is what I want in this moment I don't need a relationship like I don't think she had to convince herself all that hard no I don't I think I think her feelings are doing a lot more of the the thinking than her brain but her feelings or her hormones Uh, both probably (laughs) Um, I think it, I'm not gonna say it was her deluding herself like a lot of people will think. I think it's mostly she. I think she want. I think she wanted to. How shall I say? I think she wanted to prepare herself mentally for the kind of college relationship that everyone was trying to like force her into having. Like go on a date, be casual, like that kind of college mentality. And then she finds someone she really likes who is Logan and I think she was I think she caught feelings for him and was like oh this will be the guy I'll just I'll just fool around with and it doesn't have to mean anything more and I think in in that she's kind of lost herself because she clearly cares more about him than just a fling if any of that makes sense none of that made sense no I'm kidding (laughs) no I get what you're saying I think um I don't know I think she's she's I think she's just so fed up mm-hmm. um like after going through everything with dean that she's saying like fuck it why not i'll go a different route this time right yeah and here's this guy that's clearly interested in me and it doesn't have to be anything serious like we don't have to force it mm-hmm. so i don't think there was that much thought that went into it i think it was literally like i like him he likes me let's go exactly <laughs> Oh, which, yeah. which doesn't have to be wrong, but no, no, you know, and um, in terms of how they got together, though, what did you think? Like how they end up in the back room? No, like, like, you remember I said, like, this is how when couples get together, like the scene where they're, you're waiting for them to get together and oh, they finally yeah. get together. Like, mm-hmm. did it live up to the expectation, I guess? Yeah, I think so. I think it, I think it, it, it reach its apex of them both having feelings for each other and it it was it had been building since the um the life and death brigade so yeah i think i think it lived up to my expectations i didn't really have much at the time when i watched it for the first time so i think i think your opinion would probably probably mean more than mine in this case (laughs) no i was just trying to get at like do you think it was them yeah i think so yeah i think so too like the spontaneity of it, I think. Oh, yeah, it was. It was much. It was felt much more adult. Yeah. And, um, grown up than her previous relationships, obviously, because they were both in high school. So, yeah. For the no, most I part. think. Yeah, I think the spontaneity of it, the like, I'm gonna decide on a whim to tell him how I feel, and like, let's go in the back room, and like, whatever happens, happens. I think that's very, um, like apropos for their relationship. Yeah. I do. I agree. And I think it's the first time, like, I think Rory's entering a new era of not planning every single move mm-hmm. and kind of going with the flow. And that's what Logan kind of represents for her. Yeah, I would agree. Let's, yeah. go, with Let's go with that. Okay. Thanks for uh, offering your insight. Um, can we talk about Emily and Lorelai for a minute? 
which part of Emily and Lorelai? So I want to talk about in particular um, the moment where Emily's getting ready. Mm-hmm. And Lorelai's just come in and shown her the two necklaces. Yeah. And um, Emily's talking about, you know, she's so nervous and she forgot what it was like having him around the house and she loves him so much. And then she says to Lorelai, oh, Lorelai, don't you think you'd ever want to get married? And Lorelai says, yeah, I think I do. Mm -hmm. And Emily, just like last episode where she crushed her daughter's spirits by... Well, not really last episode. This episode, she kind of crushed her daughter's spirits, I think. But last episode, just like we saw with the wedding dress, like she saw her daughter trying on a wedding dress and she freaked out. Mm-hmm. I think kind of does the equivalent this time around. And she's like, well, that's nice. <laughs> Very <laughs> dismissive. Not, not really the reaction you would think would come out of her after just asking her daughter if she thinks she wants to get married. Um, yeah. I think it. I think it touched a nerve. <laughs> yeah, and obviously not surprising considering we know she went to Christopher last episode. But still, again, I want to say it again: how you can see that your child is so happy and want to take that away from them mm-hmm. is just insane to me. <laughs> I know I'm repeating myself at this point, but it's so crazy to me that as a parent. You're like, yep, my daughter's happy. Time to fuck it all up. (laughs) No, but it bears repeating. (laughs) I think so, too. Like, you know, there's very... There are a lot of moments in the show where I think Emily's a very good mother. Mm. um, Even though they clash. But there's moments like this one where I I feel like questioning everything. Because it's so cruel to me. (laughs) As a parent, that you would just be like, if she's not happy my way, she's not going to be happy. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Because that's essentially what she's saying. Mm-hmm. Like, I know what makes you happy. You have to be happy in this way. And there's no other way for you to be happy. That's crazy to me. I don't think. Yeah, I think it's definitely she wants to dictate the, her daughter's happiness. But I think it's more so she wants. Like, like at the end of the last episode, when she was talking to Christopher. Um, and she's like, my daughter's capable of greatness. But as you know, Lorelai has her own idea of what of what'll make her happy. And yeah. I think sadly, Emily is just so wrapped up in her worldview and her lifestyle and her values of upper class mobility that she can't like it's it's kind of like the equivalent of a really conservative person just not being able to accept like their their gay child in a relationship because it's like you love your child but it's like that's that's just that crosses a boundary that's been in place for so long that, that it's just it takes a long time for it to wear down so in the case of Emily and Lorelai she wants her daughter to be happy but like on terms that will satisfy her worldview her values her lifestyle and it's frustrating especially for Lorelai but also for the audience because she, like lo, like your our happiness is our own you know it's not it's not up to you it's not up to me to, to, to dictate your happiness it's not up to you to dictate my dictate mine it's not up to my parents to say this is what you're doing this this will make you happy like it's it's up to you and a lot of times that will deviate from what our parents had in mind for us which is a cliche but it's true and 
I think I think up until this point, it it was kind of it kind of flew under the radar just how much Emily clung to this version of happiness for her daughter. And only when she got together with Luke was she like, oh crap. And that's that's why she went to Richard and was like, we need to talk because she knew just based on the connection they had had in the past how serious Lorelai was going to become about Luke. So it's like that relationship kind of flicked like the switch in Emily's brain where she's like, oh, well, I have to micromanage my daughter into something that will fit my ideals and also satisfy her in a way that I think will, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, I know. I know. It's just, it's so <laughs> frustrating. As a viewer, it's just really, really frustrating. Yeah. Um, I, 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 there's no other way to say it. Like, it's crazy to me to watch um something like this unfold especially like when you have such love for a character because i love emily gilmore mm-hmm. um you know i think she's amazing but then it's like you watch your you watch a really favorite character do something so like i can't defend it mm-hmm. and then i'm like oh you let me down <laughs> yeah would you argue that or do you believe that emily gilmore is one of the most stubborn characters on tv that you've ever consumed oh for sure okay <laughs> for sure i mean i think i can't even think, I can't even think of, another, of another name of a character that's as stubborn as yeah i mean i think that's well established in the early seasons i mean it's part of her character um maybe archie bunker but that's the whole that's <laughs> that's another thing but <laughs> no it's just it's part of who she is mm-hmm. um and i think throughout this show she makes great strides um and I think she learns to let go a little bit, but never, it's still, never completely. Yeah, exactly. It's still one of like her core tenets. <laughs> um, and I don't know. I think I think sometimes it works in her favor. I think in times like these, it does not. Um, but it's frustrating to watch a character that you have so much love and respect for do something like this because Absolutely. because you at least for me and you will, you'll probably agree in some respect that. You, I lost a lot of respect for Emily in the episodes to come where it's like, mm-hmm. oh, look, the consequence of my own actions. Like, I'm not prepared for this. And yeah, it's, like, it's, it's 10 times worse when she kind of, um, in the coming episodes, like you said, doesn't acknowledge her part in any of this. No, she's completely innocent. Like, she's so, I don't, even, I don't know if she's just so, like, ignorant that, she like ignorant and pig-headed that she won't like she won't like she knows deep down but she won't accept her part or she really just doesn't know it doesn't get it yeah i mean i have thoughts on this that i know are going to come up later especially in specific scenes but i don't know if it's because lorelei's never really called her out in this unsubtle way before mm-hmm. um because every time there's been a disagreement or like I'm thinking back to season three, remember when she has lunch with her at the uh, diner and she says she spoke to Christopher, like Lorelai's mad, but she still, you know, shows up to dinner and she still talks to her and they still have fun or whatever, you know, um, there's never really been a firm boundary. Mm-hmm. Um, with the exception, I think of that time in season one after the dance where yeah. she like, tells her this is my life and blah 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 but um i think there there have never been any consequences for emily real ones so um yeah 
that's that's a whole other part or at least the consequences that there have been haven't bothered her as much you know she could live without them so i'm thinking like in season one she still got to see rory which was you know like they had just just gotten back to a family unit you know um so it wasn't like they had been seeing each other like now in season five consistently every friday and all of a sudden it's over um or you know she would not show up for a dinner here or there and the next week it would be fine i think there have never been real consequences or the consequences that have been there haven't been as dramatic for emily so she just keeps getting away with it um and in this case like i said i'm gonna have a lot to say um in the episode where they come back from their like second honeymoon but um yeah i mean i'm just i'm just very disappointed in you emily yeah remember remember all of what you just said for that episode because it's it's all going to be relevant then too yeah 100 percent it's just it's it's a bummer honestly it's a bummer i have Um, a question for you (laughs) so you know the scene where Lorelai at the, is Lorelai and Luke have arrived at the reception and yes I know what you're gonna say she's explaining to him that like she's not gonna remember everybody's names and so it's telling him like introduce yourself and then Mr. G- what is it Glockenpfeffer or Glock- mm-hmm. whatever it was some gibberish name like give an example like they know her but she doesn't remember them and blah 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 so my question is did your mother also make you introduce yourself to people so she'll remember their names no Okay, because my mother did that all the time when I was younger, and I would never do it because, like, hello. My mom, my mom is just a savage. She'll be like, who are you? <laughs> yeah. Uh, my mom is very much a savage like that. So, no, I didn't, uh, thankfully, didn't have to do that. Yeah. So, like, she didn't do it when I was really young, obviously, because that would have been just, like, embarrassing. Um, but I'm going to say, like, from, like, 11, 12 onwards, if we were going somewhere with, like, extended family, mostly, like... <laughs> Most like oh, her family. Mostly like her family and friends too. Like not even like we're going to my dad's side or anything. It's like mostly her side, you know? Um, and she would say to me, There's gonna be a lot of people here whose names I don't remember. So if, if we're to, if we're you know, if we're together and they come up to us, like introduce yourself so that they'll say their name and I'll remember. And what she didn't say it like that. You know what I mean? Like she like yeah, yeah, yeah. to me as like introduce yourself, like kind of like teach me how to introduce myself to people at parties. And I wanted and no. Thus part. began Jeffrey's social anxiety. Yeah, and as a shy introvert, I wanted no part in this. Obviously, I believe you. Yeah. So okay. it would very rarely happen, but there'd be times. <laughs> there would be the off time where someone would come up and like they'd be talking to me, or they'd be talking to my mom, and oh, nice to see you, blah blah blah, and I'd be standing next to her, and she would like kick me or like oh. nudge my shoulder. You're not to- subtle, Deborah. <laughs> to like indicate that she wants me to introduce myself so that she'll hear their name so funny yeah. um I mean, maybe that's a white people thing but it's it's all too real <laughs> i mean i don't so like i said my mom would have just been like i don't know you who are you yeah i'm sorry um, who the fuck are you <laughs> yeah which i appreciate but it's also like in the in in greek circles mm-hmm. there's only really five names that they could be pretty much <laughs> george Nick, you know what I mean? Like it's not mm-hmm. pick one. <laughs> like you have a twenty percent chance. But no, I wanted that that scene is actually it's funny that you bring it up, that scene, because um when Lorelai's telling Luke about like her plan to try and remember people's names, mm-hmm. uh when I was a public librarian in New Brunswick, 
um, there was this program for seniors that I used to like lead Mm -hmm. that was called jog your mind. Okay. So it was a 10 week program, um, where like seniors would come and I'd teach them, I'd teach them, I'd follow the book obviously, but it was like all these memory tricks and like, um, like puzzles, games, stuff like that, whatever. So some of the material from week to week was really dry. Yeah. Um, And I would have to try and kind of zhuzh it up. And so one of the units was about tips for remembering people's names. (laughs) And um, we're talking like people in their 60s and 70s, you know. Right. And there was such a funny bunch. But anyways, that's an aside. Um, And I remembered this scene from the show where Lorelai's like this is like the trick that she uses and I remember showing this scene in the class oh that's so cute (laughs) to be like here's a trick you know and uh they loved it it was great it was a big hit so I guess I guess my mom was ahead of the curve then with this trick (laughs) yeah I guess but I remember they loved it the other scene I showed to to say when it because one of the tips in the book was like repeat the person's name while you're having a conversation with them right so one of the other scenes that I showed and I was like obviously repeat the person's name blah 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 I was following the book and then I'm like but not like this and then I showed the scene from that 70s show (laughs) if you remember where Fez read in a magazine that the way to get a woman's attention is to use her name constantly so he's oh. flirting with Jackie and he's like, I don't know, Jackie. What do you think, Jackie? I love you, Jackie. <laughs> like, this is not something you want to do. And they love that too. It was really fun. That's funny. <laughs> so um, I hope I taught you something, seniors. Listen, it's hard, like, it's hard enough sometimes when your parents, like I said, are trying to make you introduce yourself to people you don't want to know. So if you can't, if you don't remember their names, you probably didn't want to. <laughs> exactly. They're, they're forgettable for a reason, guys. Exactly. <laughs> um, I think that's all I have for this week's episode. Um, do you also have an, an Aunt Totsi in your family? Uh, I have several. I was going to say, as a Greek family, I think that's more common. There's a lot of ants, number mm-hmm. one. They're not named Totsi, obviously. As we uh, established. There's, there's a lot of- lemon, lemon tree, though. But like, um, <laughs> so yeah, there's a Greek name that just translates directly to lemon tree. Not lemon, lemon tree. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, there's definitely ants that we avoid. Yeah, not so not so much like you'll smell you'll smell them for a month. No, but, but for different reasons we avoid them. Okay, good. Most yeah, I'm yeah. thinking mostly like there is one cousin, not even a cousin. We're gonna dive into like like you said, everyone's a cousin in, in my family too. Yeah, yeah, whatever. Your cousin. <laughs> Let's just go with that. I, so it's my dad, like my dad's cousin's husband. Okay. Okay. So um they're both very lovely people they're very nice um I only really know them like on a casual surface level family gathering like anytime I'm, I'll, I'll learn something new about them I'm like really like I don't I don't know them very well other than yeah. that so um the husband he's very he's very sweet and will always you know hug you handshake whatever very lovey-dovey touchy-feely <laughs> Um, but he's, um, a big cologne enthusiast Oh boy! and you don't want to like, you don't want to not hug him cause he's so sweet and you know, he means, and like, he, you know, he means really well. Yeah. Um, but there was one time, I think it was like, not, a, it wasn't a new year's party. It was like, you know, that week between Christmas and new year's where like, you're seeing family all the time and whatever. Yeah, You don't know what the fucking date is. Yeah. yeah. So we're at like a little dinner at, um, my aunt's house 
And obviously he was there and, you know, same spiel. We didn't see them on Christmas. So it was, oh, come on, I hadn't seen you for a while. And again, you can't get out of a hug. And so just like a kitchen. And it's like, oh, okay, I guess I have to give you a hug. Yeah. And I swear to you, I don't know if his cologne embedded in my hair. But I, no matter what I did when I got home that like, like I changed every stitch of clothing on my body, I still smelled it. So I'm convinced it was in my hair because I have no idea. You know, so we have an aunt who we avoid for the opposite reason. Okay. <laughs> because she smells really, really bad. Okay. <laughs> because I think there's women of a certain age in the Greek community that like they reach this age and they no longer believe in deodorant. Because mm. they're all scared it's going to give them Alzheimer's. Seriously. <laughs> it's hilarious. But yeah, we avoid her for that reason. We also avoid one of my grandmother's cousins who used to live across the street from us and used to randomly walk into our backyard and uh, look through our glass door. Oh my God, really? Yeah, that's what being Greek is, guys. That's not terrifying. <laughs> Super fucking terrifying. They just sit and just all of a sudden walk into your kitchen. Oh my God, what is that? <laughs> yeah, basically. That's, that's uh, fun. Yeah, super fun, everyone. Yeah, I don't I don't wish for a minute that I was born Greek. No. Nope. I mean the food's good, but you know, it comes with a lot of baggage. Yeah, and I'm pretty sure given what you know about me as a person, I don't think I would last five minutes in your family. Oh, you wouldn't last five seconds. <laughs> no, I wouldn't. <laughs> same same with our Italian friend Lori. I would not last five seconds no. with her family. No. Um, um one last question for you. Yes. So you're probably gonna you're probably not gonna like the choices that I've given, but mm-hmm. I've narrowed it down to two of the best lines from this episode, most significant, mm-hmm. obviously. Um, so I and I have a few others for an Instagram post in promotion of this, of this episode, but I'm giving you two options. So is the best line from this episode, "Get some coffee, Christopher," or "You and me, we're done." I love the venom with which she says, "Get some coffee, Christopher." Absolutely. Like, I think, I think it goes back to what we were saying um, a couple of episodes ago, where everyone just kind of cuts Christopher so much slack, mm-hmm. and that I feel like the girls have so much to be angry with him about, but never really show it. Yeah. So I, I, I always loved the get some coffee, Christopher. Yeah, she's uh-huh. like, get away from me, Christopher. Get some coffee, Christopher. Like seriously, like fuck off, you know. Um, and I don't know the, um, you and me were done is much more heartbreaking Yeah, for reasons of like, I love Emily Gilmore and I hate that it resulted like this happened. Yeah. Um, but I also think it's really well delivered, um, because it's just, it's straight. It's to the point. She doesn't want to say anything else to her mother. Her mother just completely destroyed her. We're Mm -hmm. done, you know? I'm torn. I think it's. I think yeah. it's. A, I think it's. It's a tie between these two lines because, like you said, there's just there's so much there's so much significance in them both. I've mm-hmm. always liked you and me. We're done because it's just a, like it kind of like in that just in that one line. There's so much emotion of all of the, like all of the the stuff that Emily has pulled in her life has led to this moment of you and me. We're done. Um. Obviously, they make up later because it's yeah. a WB. But um, my other two contenders for the best line in this episode are... Um, Can I guess? It's one you've printed on a magnet. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, that one is what I was going to guess. But I also guessed another one for you. Okay. Which so I one? think the one that you th- you're thinking of, tell me if I'm wrong, is maybe I should take a second all. And she goes, excellent idea, Judy. 
<laughs> um, no, actually. Oh. <laughs> um, so definitely the 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 crack baby and the puppy. That's as we hilarious. know, when a woman gives birth to a crack baby, you do not buy her a puppy. Whatever you know why I love that line so much? Whatever the fuck that means. Why? Okay, well, I know what it means, but do you know why I love it so much? Is because when this episode first aired, I had no fucking clue what this meant. <laughs> and I remember asking every single adult in my life <laughs> what they thought it meant and hmm. everyone giving me completely different answers. Okay. So that was really funny. I remember my oh. mom. Being so very... what does it, so what does it mean and what have some people said to you it means? Okay, well, what I what I'm pretty sure it means after, you know, growing up and like doing some deducing is um so Emily's talking about how uh, the dressmaker apparently screwed up this dress. And by the way, we're not talking about the fashion in this episode because we're saving it for a special episode, but that's a whole other thing, okay? <laughs> yes. Because I've really had to rein it in. Um, but we want to talk about the fashion of this episode in a special bonus episode, but that's, that's an aside. Um, so Emily's talking about how the dressmaker ruined the dress and, um, you know, and she tells Lorelai, I need you to fix it. And Lorelai says, what about the woman who made it? So the line is when a woman gives birth to a crack baby, you do not buy her a puppy. Mm -hmm. So in this scenario, the crack baby is she made the dress so she gave birth to this dress right and then you want to give her even more like so she's obviously not responsible enough because she gave birth to a crack baby yeah which means she was doing crack while pregnant <laughs> this is hilarious just that we're breaking this down but it's so funny okay and then you want to give her even more responsibility and buy her a puppy right okay which is i'm not gonna give her a dress that she already ruined to fix right yeah, that's, you know? that's definitely what it means. Yeah. But um, I don't know. My mom thought it was like literal crack. <laughs> and she was like, why would you buy the? Maybe she's smuggling drugs in the puppy. And I was like, mother, no, we're thinking too much about this. Also, why would I let my child watch this show? <laughs> no, well, that we used to watch it together. <laughs> so anyways, um, but yeah, that line is classic. I fucking love that line. Yes. So, my And it's other... something that you don't expect. Sorry, from Emily. Mm -hmm. oh no it's 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 one of emily's best lines it's just like yeah that's what makes it so much better because you you don't expect that from her and you're like oh my god did emily just say the word crack like yeah. it's so good so that's, good that's what makes emily's emma gilmore's lines like this so memorable and iconic because same thing of like her car is just like barbie's like yeah. you don't want to oh expect her to say barbie's you know yeah, no, I get it. And that's what I think, by the way, that's why I'm also like doubly disappointed in Emily this episode. Mm -hmm. <laughs> because it's coming from like, I love that fucking line guess to like, oh, you disappointed me. Exactly. exactly. Anyways, so yeah, it's just, uh, I don't know. My other favorite line from this episode mm. is just two words. Can you guess? Uh, no. <laughs> but why? But why? I love her. <laughs> And I, I, love how, I love how Lane and Keon were like friendly in this episode. Like Lane was invited and she brought her along, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And I love, I love when she's telling Rory, um, if it helps, you lasted one more, but why than I did? Yeah. <laughs> oh, my oh, God. God bless her. She's just, God bless. <laughs> I know. She's very cute. I love her. Um, I think that's all. Do we want to tell them where they can follow us? 
Um, yes, you can follow us on the socials on tweet on tweeters at Gilmore Podcast, on Instagram at Gilmore Girls Podcast. You can support us on Patreon and gain access to bonus content, patreon.com slash Gilmore Girls Podcast. And you can email us should you should you so desire, Gilmore Podcast at gmail.com. And that is all for this week. We will see you next week. Nope, not even the week after. Next time. <laughs> next time is what I meant to say. Uh, thank you for listening.